the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program Crosswalk with Gino Geraci. It is, of course, the program where we take your calls and answer your questions and happy to take your questions on this sort of free-for-all Friday. It's 303-873-1935-303-873-1935. Producer Jim Nelson standing by to take your call. It's 303-873-1935. I have a couple of things I want to obviously start with, and and we didn't get a chance to talk about it um, all that much, but I'm, I'm thinking it may have been in December and then beginning in um, the beginning of January, there was a news headline that um, that the Potter's House um, in Aurora elected to sell their property and go virtual. Now, many, many people are aware that um, there was a strong tie to modalist T.D. Jakes. Um, the campus, w- the, the, the Denver Post reported, Christianity t- t- Today reported, CBN reported that the church, which was being led by the daughter and son-in-law of T.D. Jakes, is, again, one of the prominent churches in Aurora, and they had this to say. It's uh, Pastor Torre Roberts told the Post. He said, "Quote: COVID nineteen forced every church in America to rethink how to best serve their parishioners and the broader community." And he he said, "Due to the inability to gather and the economic instability of the pandemic, our church, like many churches in the nation." experienced declining donations. As a, as a result, the Potter's House Denver decided to abandon its 32-acre property. It had a 137,000-square-foot building. It was first built in 1989. It was the church's home since 2011. Some people remember this church from the Dennis Leonard days. There was a time when the church averaged 10,000 people in their live service and 300,000 people um, on YouTube. And Roberts cited the building's condition and the need for repair. And they decided that the best way to go forward was basically to sell the property and then continue to do online services. And so the Potter's House will continue local outreach, mercy ministries, food bank, etc. But when visitors to the Potter's House Denver uh, go to the site and click on Watch Online, they're directed to the church's Los Angeles location, named One, which streams five services on Sunday, two on Thursday, and um, again, 
The Potter's House was founded in 1996 by modalist um, T.D. Jakes, who now reports some 30,000 members. Now, again, part of what this begs the question about what um, what has changed, what is happening, and there are um, a growing group of people that are literally going to um, go to online services. So part of what I wanted to talk about was this issue of online services and what the future might look like. So 303-873-1935. Now, what's interesting (laughs) in part is Lifeway Research, which has done some interesting investigations on um, what that means, what in-service, going to church in-service virtual service. And Lifeway did another interesting um, survey, if you will. And uh, And they were asking a couple of questions. The questions were, I can walk with God without other believers. The other one was, I need other believers to help me grow in my walk with God. What's interesting about that is um, they were asked to answer that question one of three ways, to either agree, disagree, or or, uh, select neither. And so among U.S. Protestant churchgoers, when when asked the question, I can walk with God without other believers, 65% agreed. Only 20% disagreed. And to the question, I need other believers to help me grow in my walk with God, 75% of the respondents agreed, 11% disagreed. So the survey, which was sponsored by the Center for Church Revitalization at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, um, it found that those who attend Protestant or non-denominational churches, that the majority at least agree with the two sentiments which are seemingly in conflict. Three and four Protestant churchgoers, 75%, say that they do need each other or need other believers to help them grow. But again, what does that mean exactly? And um, one of the articles that we had posted at gotquestions.org over the pandemic had to deal with online services. And again, Lifeway Research, in their article, included another article that talks about our online church services here to stay. And and I don't think that that's so very, very controversial. What I'm wondering about isn't just simply our online services uh, here to stay. It's the mechanism of our online services, a growing cultural replacement for 
in-person services. And so as we ask and we answer the question, obviously in 2020 in March, when COVID hit and the pandemic hit, it, clearly it hit, but that didn't mean that that the church wasn't in some sort of pre-existing spiritual and cultural state. And, uh, what happened was um, more and more people were working from home, more and more people were, were pursuing online education, more and more people were participating in video calls, more and more churches were offering online services years earlier, and there was a growing uh, group of people of churches all across America with online services. So churches after the pandemic began and church closures continued really fell into two categories. And that were those that those were churches that had some sort of online presence and those that did not have an online presence. And now as COVID progressives progresses and people hope and plan for a world without COVID, the question remains, which of the substitutes for in-person worship were actually temporary? And what does it mean for the churches? This and more when we come back. 303-873-1935. I'll be back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about online worship, and I'm also talking about in-person worship. I'm going to talk a little bit about that and, again, invite you to call 303 873 1935 Let's see who's up. Azib, welcome to the program. Hi, Juno. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah, it is just so interesting, uh, the topic that uh, you're talking about. Uh-huh. Um, I personally used to attend once a while to at the Pottery House while uh, Pastor Dennis was Yes, Dennis Leonard, uh, back in the day. Yes, and also uh, even after that, but it's been a while since I've been there. And I just heard the news that the church is about to, I mean, the building is about to be... It's my Yeah, uh, it's my understanding that they have actually sold the building and that they're no longer going to have in-person services. Now, again, I don't know about the time frame or whether that's began. I, I have every reason to believe that it probably has. So yeah. ha, so have you been there recently? No, I haven't, but I live very close to where, uh, their Where the physical location, location is? Where, yes, yes. And uh, actually, I have not been in, at the new location but anyway, I mean, it is a, the the subject itself. Church, or I mean, going completely online. It just um, I don't know how even I can comprehend with that because uh, I think for me, <clears throat> you know, part of worship is being in the fellowship with other people, and fellowship by itself is part of a worship and. Uh, uh, I am just curious, like, you know, of course, online service can be an option in addition to a person meeting. But if, let's say, 
if there is if we cannot uh, completely make the in-person worship possible what about small groups like you know in in order to keep the fellowship with one another yeah and, I, uh, yeah i think it i think you're on to something you there's no such thing as one anothering unless you have one another and so exactly. to me to to me um online services was a reluctant option for those who had no other option because the government shut it down or because of the pandemic or or you know lots and lots of sickness or illness in other words as you probably remember most churches were willing to cooperate and say i have no i have no interest in getting sick or making anybody else sick but but what what's interesting to me uh, the other LifeWay research study found that 91% of the people plan to attend in-person worship services as soon as possible. So it, it it would seem that your position is the is the majority position, where more and more people say, "Look, I I, I may have skipped church, but I didn't really want to." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, for myself, I, uh, you know, I normally go to my membership to Ethiopian Evangelical Church here in Denver. And, um, you know, during the pandemic, of, of course, for about a year, the church was closed for in-person services. But once we start opening, of course, some people were hesitant to go back to church. But at this point, majority of the people are meeting in person. We are just so joyful to be able to see one another, you know, and um, and plus, like I said, you know, I'm from Ethiopia. I grew up in the communist uh, government where the church was not allowed to meet, you know, in person. But during that time, you know, I know that there's a lot of testimony. People were paying a price to meet in person, you know, paying the price going to jail, whatever it is, but still they maintain that. And right now we have that freedom to meet in, in person. So when we have that choice, why letting it go, especially as church leaders, why would they let it go? Exactly. When they scatter the people, the sheep, you know? Well, um, and, and it seems to me that what you're, what you're talking about, the, the, um, the small groups, that it, that there could be a shift, that there could be a shift between the mega church kind of phenomenon and to a smaller group where where more and more people begin to ask and answer the question, how how important is it for me to do exactly what you just brought up, the one anothering? How can we how can we accomplish what the Bible says? Un- unless we do it together. And um, I, it, I think it's going to be interesting to see how things unfold in the next few months and even years. Yeah, we just need to pray, I guess. Yeah, and w- as we continue to pray, I think, um, again, I'm reminded of what the Scriptures say. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some. So... Mm-hmm. 59 times that expression, one another, 
appears in the New Testament. Be at peace with one another. Wash one another's feet. Love one another. And that's repeated several times. Love one another. Uh, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another um, or honor others above yourself. Live in harmony. Love one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Instruct one another. It just doesn't seem to me that you can do that by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thank you for your call. Thank you very much, Gino. Uh, <laughs> I really appreciate your service. Thanks. 303-873-1935. 303-873-1935. Andrea, welcome to the program. Hi, hi Andrea. Thank you very Hi. Thank you very much. Uh, real quick, um, and you had mentioned it, but the word says, let us consider how we may spur one another on for love and good deeds. Exactly. Not give up meeting together, as right. some are in the habit of doing but right. all the more as we see the day approaching. And I think that we have to see this as another sign of a demonic spirit that's trying to get us to not only but you'll need for us to do it. And the other thing, make sure we take responsibility for our narrative. <laughs> but they needed to add more questions. How frequently... Yeah. What is your relationship with the Lord? Because he holds the word a different way of looking. You know, unfortunately, Andrea, we're having a really hard time hearing you. Okay. Okay, I, um, okay, is this a little better? That's a little better, but use your big voice. I mean... You know, I, I know you're not a screamer, but use your big voice. Okay, okay. well, I'm not certain what, what part of it you did or didn't get. I just wanted to say that that survey that you gave, uh-huh. it also needed to ask people how much time they spend um, with the Word of God and with God themselves. Because when you spend time in the Word, you know that we have a responsibility as in relationship to God and relationship to one another. So I, um, I I pray to God that we realize that we do need to be in person, and that's how we also have accountability for sin. So anyway, I no, know no, it's no. hard to hear. I, because- I I actually agree with you, and you're and I I didn't get the part uh, the part about yeah they should have asked more questions. And again, to even ask the question, I can walk with God without other believers. It, there's got to be a context. You, you, does that mean like I'm in jail and I don't have access to anyone? Right. Does that mean, um, right. you know, I've been cut off because of persecution or wickedness? Or does this mean because I prefer that? And right. yeah, you're exactly right. It requires a context. Yes. And I think you also have to realize that we're living in a time where people spend more time creating controversy as opposed to truth. And if they can make people think that more people want to stay home, then they succeeded in separating us as disciples of Jesus. So that was my only comment. No, thank no, you. and thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the comment. This is Gino Geraci. I'll be back with more. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program, the number 303-873-1935. Before I take your call real quick, I just wanted to note something um, in the news. Um, 
the the these there are blizzard warnings for the first time in four years. Now again, there there have been major blizzards in the Northeast um, over the last four years, but apparently they're talking about like a big deal kind of storm. I I know that this happened in in the Front Range um, several years back, where we had like a four foot dump, a five foot dump. And according to many news outlets, the first blizzard warnings in four years in effect as East Coast, this is the headline, braces for powerful nor'easter. It says about 65 million people are going to be under winter alerts as of Friday, stretching from South Carolina to New England. So it's going to be interesting, especially if if you have travel plans. 303-873-1935. Dave, welcome to the program. Gino, Hello. Hello. Hey, I just wanted to say a few things. First off, I want to say thank you for your show. Um, I'm a new listener. I just found you about two months ago and have been listening since um, every day uh, during my drive home. So thank you very much. I've really enjoyed um, what you're teaching and and, and how you you, uh, tell people, you know, uh, about the Bible and Jesus and and your perspective on it. Uh, my comment, Thanks. though, was um, like finding you recently. Um, I just uh, started walking um, or rewalking my path with Jesus just within you know the, about about a year and a half now. I I um, have gone back into uh, reading the Bible and things like that, and I just wanted to say that online services was a wonderful step for me to get back into um, reading the Bible and Great. finding my way. So, you know, I, 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 it's not a negative thing. I think from in my case, it wasn't negative for me. Um, it was, you know, I was, I was nervous and leery and, and kind of, kind of frightened, I guess, to go in service. So, you know, I started watching for about six months online and then finally uh, decided to go back to in person. And it has, um, opened so many doors for me. So being in person is a big deal and it means, it, it, I mean, the Bible tells us several times, you know, you know, always it's, 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 you know, love each other and be with each other and be kind and, and love your neighbor and all of these things that's in person. Yeah. But I talked I, about that. There are 59 mentions of one another in the new right, Testament. Right. And, 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 and there's yeah, a context yeah. for each. What's interesting about what you're saying. And I, I want to make sure people understand what I'm saying. I'm not against watching online worship services, particularly given some of the tragic situations that we've had culturally. Um, right. And, and uh, on the virtual visit, some three and four evangelicals say they watched online. What's interesting to me about what you're saying, Dave, mm-hmm. is is asking and answering the question again, what brought you online and then what brought you in person? And at what point did you go, hey, wait a minute, as thankful as I am for the online services, I am convinced that God's better plan is that we meet together in person. Well, I, I, uh, to, to go back in, in, in a little of my history, I 
I walked away from Jesus back in 1987 and kind of lost my way for many, many years. Yeah, 30 I'm now years. It, I, yeah, I'm now in my early 50s, and um, I have gone back to that same church that I went to as a teenager. So it was already kind of home for me. So, but... so what did thirty years of perspective give you when you went back? Where, when you when you were looking around, was there a, a, a sense of comfort or suspicion? Both. A little um, bit of both. Yeah, both. I I think the suspicion was just because I'd been gone for so long, and I hadn't. I hadn't felt that 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 beautiful feeling in such a long time. So once I actually went physically back into church, that's when I really started feeling that warmth again and that you know that that happiness. Now online, it it I you know I I got I got the gist of you know, learning the word from, from the pastor, but it wasn't, it wasn't until I actually physically went back that I got touched again. Interesting. One of the things that in this Lifeway research thing that I found fascinating, Mm -hmm. it said that evangelicals under the age of 40 are most likely to say attending church in person is better in every way than an online experience. And I found that fascinating and counterintuitive because if you were to ask me, Gino, guess, guess what people under the age of 30 thought about online versus in person. And I think I would have judged inappropriately if you I would have, if, if you'd asked me, I would have guessed that they, they would have uh, liked the screen time better. Just because yeah. that's their world. That's so their world. It, since you returned, what's been the most important thing that's happened to you as far as friendship, relationship, fellowship, and utilizing your own spiritual gift? Wow. Um, it's, it's been good and bad, Gino. Um, I've lost friends. Wow. Since I've gone back, because the word also, te- you know, it, 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 Jesus expects us to 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 talk about him and and talk about, you know, his grace and God's mercy and, and the wonderful things. And, and unfortunately, I've lost some friends because of that. But on the other side, um, I have actually in in just in just, you know, like six months since I really started talking to my friends and family about it, um, I've brought two of my friends into, into the church and into, um, you know, reading, reading God's word and, you know, you know, starting, starting their path. So it's been, it's been, it's been good and bad. And the bad part, I, I, I can't say that I'm, I'm tragically upset about it. Um, I'm not happy about losing friends. I don't want to lose friends, but I mean, that's their choice. Right. And, you know, Jesus talks about, hey, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword in the sense of, you know, father against mother and child against 
brother and sister and yeah. and mother-in-law against daughter. What's interesting again, it's asking and answering that that kind of question. And that is it isn't that Christians and Christianity are divisive, but rather once you actually come to a settled conclusion about something like no there is a god no this god is good no sin is a very real problem hey guess what jesus is the is the solution to the problem of sin imagine if you're living in a world where that can't possibly be true um jesus can't be the only solution to the problem of sin and uh, again it it's going to antagonize yeah your friends and family right right that would be a tragic world to live in if that was the case, I think. Hey, well, thank you for your call, and thank you, you for know, the insight. Real quick, real quick, I just wanted to also let you know, um, I was a uh, first responder to Columbine back uh, when unfor- that unfortunate Me too. happened. I know, that's why I wanted to mention it to you. Um, I was with Jefferson County at the time. Oh, okay, yeah, I was. Yes, I literally was ago. at with Arapahoe uh, right. County Sheriff at the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I just wanted to say thank you again and thanks for all that you have done and that you keep doing. Hey, thank you. This is Gino Geraci. Thanks for joining me. The number 303-873-1935. And shout out to all my Jefferson County Sheriff's friends, Arapahoe County Sheriff's friends, Denver Police Department. Hey. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. 303-873-1935. My short answer to the question, are online church services here to stay, is yes. Uh, My longer answer is, again, is there going to be a growing preference? Are people going to find reasons to forsake the assembling together of one another? Now, again, I think most Christians will say, at least according to this LifeWay research poll, that three and four evangelicals, 78%, said they watched online services as a substitute for missing in-person worship, but it didn't always give us the reason. Was it because you had COVID? Was it because you were sick? Was it because the government shut your church down? Was it because your church shut itself down? Um, And again, more evangelicals watched services online. That's 87% than went to church, which is interesting to me. Now, what's also interesting to me is that when LifeWay Research was asking and answering questions and conducting research, they said about their research that some people chose to watch online services of another local church. Now, there wasn't a great number. It was 14%. But, but what's interesting to me is that many use this as an opportunity to say, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to check out that church or this church or this ministry or that ministry or even non-local churches, 22%. The gray matter research, this is the name of the part of the research, shows that 19% of evangelicals both attended online services at their own church and watched services 
from another congregation. So now we have that other thing in the mix where a person goes, you know what, I'm going to watch what's going on at at our church, if you will, but I'm also going to begin to consider what's going on in some other church, which I, which I found fascinating. So again, we don't get to talk about motives because the the research paper doesn't address the issue of whether the individuals who are saying, you know, I'm going to watch our church and then I'm going to watch another church, if 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 it was opportunistic in the sense of, hey, they just had the opportunity to do it, so they did it, or whether they were curious or whether they were dissatisfied with the online experience at their own church, or because they could explore anonymously or for some who may or may not had some level or measure of dissatisfaction with their own church. And again, again, according to Lifeway Research, 11% of all evangelical Protestants, and so that would represent some 7 million people. I mean, that's just the 11% portion virtually visited at least one church other than their own during the pandemic. So like I said earlier, when when asked the question, um, once prohibitions, restrictions lift, how many of you plan to return to to? in-person services. Some 91% of those who were polled said that they plan to return to in-person services once COVID-19 is no longer an active threat to a person's public health. Now, again, that begs yet another question, and that is, at what point will a person believe (coughs) that the pandemic isn't an active threat to a person's health. And what are you willing to accept as evidence that it's no longer a threat? So the research paper doesn't really get into that. 303-873-1935 is my number. If you want to join me on the program again, 303-873-1935. Many believe that the online experience has served them well. And a couple of people who called in at 303-873-1935 basically reiterated that they said hey you know what i had a i had a uh, i had a good experience now although most evangelicals who turned to online services during the pandemic tended to agree they prefer in person experience the study from gray matter research and infinity concepts found a substantial portion of evangelicals don't necessarily see advantages to in-person services. Now, that's interesting to me. When they use the term a substantial portion of evangelicals didn't see any advantage over in-person services, to me, that is not just interesting, It requires some analysis in the end. Again, when we're looking for 
that biblical answer to the one-anothering question, but hopefully I can come back to that. The study asked evangelicals to compare in-person services with online services in eight areas, trying different churches, comfort in inviting others, giving your full attention, authentic worship, learning from the teaching, connection and engagement, personal comfort, music and singing. So again, this is a comprehensive study that incorporated a number of different factors, some that you may or may not take into consideration when you watched online services. Most significantly, 61% of evangelicals who experienced online service don't feel in-person services are superior to online in terms of a person's ability to learn from the teaching. Now pause and think about that. 61% suggested no, as far as the actual (coughs) information that's imparted, they didn't see in-person attendance necessarily superior to online attendance. And this is interesting, again, when you're talking about not just preference, but superior and inferior experiences of actually learning the material or being impacted by the material or or the goodness, the greatness, um, the effectiveness of the teacher. One in 10 even said they learn better with online services. Now, across the board, a sizable minority of evangelicals say the online experience is better than or at least equal to the in-person experience. So the million-dollar question, of course, should not just Christians, but should churches, and by churches— I mean, pastors who are listening, leaders who are listening, people who are listening and they're going, well, what do I do with this information? Should I be concerned about this information? Only 18% of evangelicals believe attending church in person is superior in every way to viewing an online service. Almost half, 45% said online is better in at least one way. And 9% said it's at least equal, if not better, in every area surveyed. And remember, I talked about that. Trying different churches, comfort in inviting others, giving your full attention, authentic worship, learning from the teaching, connection and engagement, personal comfort, music and, and, and singing. So this is a fairly comprehensive look at this important issue. But hey, if you'd like to join me when we come back, 303 303- 873-1935. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.